It is easy to, to walk around with, with earbuds in our ears when we're at the grocery store and, and, and not pay attention to those around us. And to be looking at our phone while we're waiting for the, for the cashier to, 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 to check out the person in front of us before we start doing it. And, it. and if we do that, if we live distracted, maybe even self-absorbed, um, we can miss opportunities to really help somebody out. Welcome to the Generosity Now podcast, where we bring you inspiring stories of generosity and whole life stewardship. Our goal is to showcase individuals and organizations making a positive impact in our communities and across the world. I'm your host, Lori Bossert, Vice President of the National Christian Foundation Rocky Mountains Region, and I'm joined by my incredible co-host, Eric Most, the President of our office. Eric, how are you doing today? Fantastic. Incredible. Terrific. Oh, sorry about that, Lori. Okay. You know, I, I do trail life with my boys. And whenever we ask that question to the kids, we get that kind of song response back. And so um, in a lot of ways, I am doing fantastic, incredible and terrific. And so uh, it's a good day. That is a fabulous way for your boys to learn the, the positive side of being able to see all of that. I love it. That's good. It's a lot of fun. And you get you get 80 young men uh, singing that back to you. It's a lot of fun. And so, um, you know, honestly, and, and I really am doing in good. So thank you for asking. Um, also, you know, I'm my family's actually been out of town for the last like three weeks and they come back on Friday, which I'm super excited for. Um, but I, I've honestly, it's, it's quiet and lonely um, without them around. And, you know, sometimes... Uh, sometimes you think like, oh, I'm going to be able to get all like all this stuff done when they're gone. And then you're like, you're just kind of wanting to be, you know, you're just missing them and it's hard. And so I'm really looking forward to them coming home on Friday. I've been missing them. I can totally understand. We are made for relationships and that's the joy that we get to have with our families often of just doing that day-to-day life together. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, it makes me not look forward to a future date when the kids are out of the house like you've experienced now and, and now having kids in, in different time zones and, and uh, how hard that is. And so uh, not something I look forward to uh, right now, but um, uh, I, I'm looking forward to my family. Okay. I do say empty nest is only for the birds, mm. not for me. Mm. Uh, that's so good. Well, today we're uh, continuing our mini series on providing an overview on different topics. And, um, you know, this topic that we want to talk about today is kind of um, some non-strategic giving opportunities. And so we often here at NCF talk about strategic charitable giving and, 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 and leveraging um, the tax code for the most efficiencies and, and making great impacts. But there is an absolute place for non um, tax treatable, you know, good deductible type of giving. There's, there's, there's a place for that. And actually we even had a few, um, people that have listened to a few of our earlier episodes have actually even reached out and be like, Hey, love the, love the information. You know, I'm not in a place where this is overly applicable to me, all this information that you're providing. And, and I, and I hear that, um, you know, especially when we talk about like gifting away a business and some different things like that, but there is a place for all of us to be generous and to be generous with all that we have our whole life, as we say here around the, the generosity now podcast. And so we want to talk about and, and like, helpfully hopefully um, spur on some additional ideas of some more maybe non-strategic, but yet hugely impactful uh, giving opportunities. And 
And so that's what today's about. And so we're going to just, we're going to go back and forth and we have some different ideas that we're going to share, some things that we've seen, some of our, the, the, the families that we've served or even some of our own families kind of um, mentioned to us and, or things that we've done. And so I'm going to go ahead and kick it off with something that a good friend of mine uh, and the president of the NCF Southwest office started doing, and they were called Generosity Capers. And uh, he does this uh, usually around uh, the end of the year and kind of Christmas time. And, um, and, but, but it can be done at any time. And when we talk about a generosity caper, you know, I, I think the, the biggest emphasis is, is going out of your way to do something unexpected for somebody else. And so, um, what, what Tim would actually do and, um, what, what we've now kind of taken on and started doing ourselves is invite a group of friends to get together for breakfast or lunch at a restaurant and everybody show up. And the, and the plan is everybody shows up though with some extra cash in hand and that, and we're going to leave an extravagant tip for the server. And so, um, he, he, he invited me to a breakfast actually one day and he said, now Eric, I also want you to come and we're going to all pay our meal separately, but I also want you to bring an extra hundred dollars and we're going to, we're going to knock the socks off of our server and, and actually getting a little bit more strategic and reaching out to the, uh, to, to the restaurant beforehand and kind of asking, Hey, you know, if, if you could put, you know, the server who really could use an extra blessing, like with us, like put, put that individual with us. And so, um, not flashing the slightest, everybody goes, they have their enjoyable time, uh, fellowship around the, the meal and then they leave and everybody left their, their, their tip and like try to get out of there as best you can. And so I, I really love that. Um, I've actually heard from a few people that have been on the recipient side of that. In fact, um, there's a there's a pastor at my church, and he mentioned a time when he was in college, and he was the recipient of a caper just like that. That was done by um, a group from the uh, a group of friends from the Denver Institute for Faith and Work, actually, and they went and did this this generosity type caper. And um, for him, it was huge because he was actually saving to buy an engagement ring for his wife. And the, the, the significant tip that was left for him, like really helped like make that happen. And so I just thought that was so neat to hear. I love those generosity capers at restaurants. And a lot of people that are in the service industry are, sometimes it's even their second job because they're really trying to put things together. And I just, that's a fun one to be able to be a part of. So one of the ones, Eric, that I wanted to share was 25 years ago, we had met this young man at church and he was living on his own. He was 18 years old and he was just really struggling, struggling with some things. He was still walking with the Lord, but he had no idea how expensive it really was Mm -hmm. to live on his own. And he had no groceries, Mm -hmm. he had no food. And we happened to know where he also worked. So we knew when he was at work and we knew the car he'd. So we went grocery shopping, put the groceries in the bags on his front porch and just left. Hmm. We're still friends with him today because reaching out and helping people when they're really in those need, it's really a different type of love. Hmm. It didn't matter if, you know, where we were at, Mm -hmm. it was loving him where he was at. Yeah. That's so good. That's so, that's so good. The, um, uh, you know, I also see this and I've, I've heard stories and I've been able to participate in this a little bit, but, um, being, living life with open eyes and open ears, I think is so important. We, it is easy today to live a distracted life. 
It is easy to to walk around with with earbuds in our ears when we're at the grocery store and 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 not pay attention to those around us and to be looking at our phone while we're waiting for the for the cashier to to to, to check out the person in front of us before we start doing it. And it, and if we do that, if we live distracted maybe even self-absorbed, um, we can miss opportunities to really help somebody out. You know, I, I can think of, I, I've witnessed folks where um, somebody had brought their groceries to the to the checkout line and, and then realized they didn't have enough money. And so they're like, oh, okay, well, uh, you could take this one back. And if you take this, take this off, and if you take this off, and, um, and, you know, to get down to the dollar amount that they, they could afford. And, you know, they're putting back, you know, I've, I've seen a, a mom putting back diapers, you know, and some things like that. And it's like, these are not things that we need to be putting back. And so um, if, if we live observant, um, expectant, looking for an opportunity to be a blessing to other life, what does it take to just go, hey, you know what? I got this and just, and, and make sure that that individual has everything that they need, how, how much of a blessing that can be not strategic. You can't use your donor advised fund or your foundation to make those type of, uh, those grants, but really is a great way to be a blessing to others. And what those people receive in that process of just seeing that small, you know, the need that they have right there, Mm -hmm. that is a great call out. I have one from an elderly relative. They actually texted me this, so I'm going to read it. Um, Tonight we ate out with a group of oldsies from church. It's a monthly thing at various restaurants. Nothing fancy, but generally good. Tonight was an old Italian restaurant in a strip mall. There were about 26 of us, couples and singles, lots of laughter and chattering. And when the time came to pass out the checks... The waiter said there was an elderly man there whose wife had died a few weeks ago. He had been eating at this restaurant frequently since. He asked that everybody pay their own tips, but he paid for all of our Mm. meals. That's somebody noticing, Eric. Mm. It was about $450 of a Mm. bill for him. It touched their lives that they needed to share it with Mm. others. It was so, so sweet. Mm. A little sad, too. We prayed for the man when I got the text, but what an amazing story of looking beyond themselves in the middle of his deep grief and being excited to be able to bless others who are having fun as a group together. Mm, I love that. It, it, that actually brought to mind another uh, gentleman. You probably know of him. Uh, there is a gentleman that lives in our community uh, and he lives in the Black Forest area. And when you're walking, He's always waving at every car that drives by, at every car that drives by. And there's not even like a good sidewalk or shoulder. He's like right on the edge of the road and he usually wears like a a, a green vest to make sure he doesn't get hit. But he's always out there waving. And he's been doing that for many, many years. You've lived here longer than I have. I think he's been doing this for 25 or 30 years. I think I mean, the stories have definitely been going that long and we've seen him waving and what an act of generosity of just, hey, I, you're my neighbor. I'm going to love you yeah. and just wave at you. Yeah. So beautiful. You know, you, you think about, you know, the impact of a wave seems like it's it's I mean, like seriously, you guys are talking about waving to people as a generous generosity thing. Well, actually, he wasn't there for like two months and actually on on the like the neighborhood app i actually saw people started asking questions they're like hey has anybody seen the 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 wave waver on this road in black forest 
And, and people started posting like, well, actually he, he actually had uh, like hip surgery or like a knee surgery. And he, so he's been out and to see people's comments. I mean, there was 25, 30 comments deep where people talked about, I remember when I first started seeing him and at first I thought like he knew me. And then I realized like, like, Oh, the next time I drove by, like, I don't know this guy. And like the third time he's like, Oh, this guy's just waving to people. And, um, there was literally one person who says, I actually live in Florida now. Like I lived there for a season and the impact of that gentleman just waving to me as I drove by, I now do the same thing while where I am here in Florida, when I'm out walking, I wave to people too, because it was actually a blessing to be able to receive just the gift of somebody acknowledging me. And, and, and so your story just reminded me of that gentleman. I, I don't even know his name, but praise the Lord for him and, and people like that. I'm not sure many people do know his name here in Colorado Springs, but it is, he, he does impact. Yeah. Another simple one like that is giving people a smile when you're in the grocery store. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And, and talk, trying to talk to them, engage with them for just a little. My dad's really great at that. You know, I think he's, he must be at an age that he doesn't worry what people are thinking. And he's just, he's just talking to people. And, and I love that. It's actually, we need that. We need to see that modeled and, and done. You know, I, I was reminded as we were kind of preparing for this, um, we were on a family trip. Um, we, as a family, we love to camp and we have like this little, this small little like camping trailer that we, we use. And we were, we had actually driven to the East coast and we were uh, to see family down in Florida and we were on our way back. And as we were driving through Alabama, um, the bearing on my trailer actually like seized up and like this couple like pulled over and like let us know. And, and before we even realized, cause we, we were driving and it was starting to smoke. And so they, they pulled over and let us know. And we were in the middle of like nowhere. Um, we were about an hour away from Birmingham on this back, back little road. And we pulled over and, and really dug into things. And it like really, the seizing up of the bearing, like really, really messed up our trailer. And, and, and so uh, fortunately I had the, the tools and started taking things apart and we left the trailer there. And then we, we drove into to, to town to try to fix it. And we came back with like what we thought would be a solution. And there was a guy that lived real close to where we were. And he actually invited us to, to move over to like his house and to use, um, use his tools and, and some things like that. It was a real blessing. And, um, and, 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 and that didn't work. And so the next day we were back up into Birmingham and we went by this trailer shop and like, no, no, you have to go to this, this old machine shop that was in, uh, it was, it was a train repair, um, machine shop that was right next to where the train yard is that was like founded in the 1800s this was like this place hadn't been cleaned since the 1800s like there literally was like a foot of dirt and i'm not joking there was like legitimately like a foot of dirt on the ground and and we went in there and this and this gentleman his name was um lamar i think um lamar's Mar, lamar's is like oh yeah we we can fix this for you like we can take care of this and um, otherwise I was looking at having to like order in a special part and would have taken like two or three weeks to actually get to us, which would have been very problematic because we still needed to kind of get back to Colorado. And, uh, and so he got like three of his guys working on this and he literally took the part off and he, he welded on and literally machined a whole new like bearing and spindle for us. And I mean, spent, he had guys working for like four hours on this process and he got it done. And, and I'm like, man, this, what a blessing. Thank you so much. Like we would have been in such a, such a bind. I'm like, Lamar, you know, what, what I owe you for this? And he's like, nothing. I'm like, 
And I'm like, no, 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 Lamar, like, like, it's okay. Like what, you know, like you guys, he goes, no, no, nothing. And, and, and he goes, and don't so go saying like you, you know, you appreciate it and all that. I know you do. If you didn't, I wouldn't have ever done this for you to begin with. And so it was such a blessing. I was thinking in my head, I'm like, holy smokes, like he's, this is probably gonna be like a thousand dollar bill, which would have made an expensive road trip when gas prices were even higher, even more expensive. And he just really knocked, he used his expertise um, he used his resources to be a blessing to us and to our family. And that was really neat. That is so neat. And it reminds me so much of God asks us to be that open-handed mm-hmm. and to, he did not really want the thanks. No. He wanted his reward in heaven mm-hmm. and he truly lived it out in that example, in your story example. If we can all be that humble mm. and that open-handed in what we have to be able to share with others, that's generosity. That truly is living out that God provides it. It's not ours. Mm. We are stewards of what we have. And it is just the process of saying, God, it's yours. Whatever we have. We have a Suburban that we've had. It's the craziest thing in the world. But I'm truly convinced that this is just God's story behind it. We had a philosophy, bigger vehicles are often needed, you know, for different people moving things or any. We've had my youth pastor growing up 20 plus years later, he flew into Colorado and they went on vacation in our suburban with their family of six because they could fit into it and it was too expensive to rent so they could enjoy a family vacation all around the state. That vehicle 22 years later is still running. Mm. And I'm convinced that that's God's hand on that vehicle because we still share it today. Yeah, you you absolutely have a very open hand with it as well. Like I've actually had the benefit of driving it when my truck was having issues and in the shop. And so I really appreciate yours and Mike's open hand, right? And and saying, hey, we're just stewards. And um, I appreciate going back and thinking about a past episode um, and thinking about Alan Barnhart, who's talking about, he's like, well, we just need to ask the master what he wants us to do with the things that he's given to us. And, or ask the owner, I think is, is how he says. And so we need to have that same attitude. There was a, there's a gentleman that I love this conversation because it's sparking other ideas. I was having a conversation with a buddy of mine in trail life and he literally was, he was driving down the road and he saw a guy walking, hitchhiking. And he, um, he like, he kind of stopped over and picked him up and, and the guy's car had broken down and was being fixed, um, at the shop and he didn't have transportation and, and he wasn't known to him in the slightest. And, um, and, and he literally, he was, he was, he was helping him take him to a place and he found out he still wasn't going to have a car for like another whole like day. And, and this, this brother said, well, just take my truck. And, and so he, he, the guy's like, you don't know me at all. He's like, yeah, but you know, this is, God owns the truck. Like I'm just the steward. Uh, you need the truck. You know, I've got, an, it's, it's extra. So you just take the truck and then just bring it back when you're done with it. And, uh, he said that he and his wife had a conversation about it when he got home and that, that, that not, maybe not everybody was fully on board. So maybe we run that through our spouses ahead of time, but I loved his heart. And sure enough, the guy borrowed the truck and he dropped it back off. I think it probably even had a full tank of gas in it at that point. And so, um, I was, I personally was challenged with his paradigm of generosity and how extravagant he was by just saying, Oh, to this guy, he just literally picked up on the side of the road. It's like, I'll take my truck. Like, holy smokes. So uh, we can definitely learn uh, different ideas along the way as well and become more uh, challenged in our own paradigms of generosity. Here in Colorado Springs, there's an organization called Cause I Love You. Colorado Springs, I love you. And it's an organization that is truly trying to draw 
that is truly drawing all of the churches here together and the Christians in the community to take a day, take a day out of the year, take a day out of the season. Different, We do different things. They, everybody comes together and they go out to schools. They go out to um, widows' houses, single moms' houses, and they do yard work. They work on cars. They um, clean up different school property. They do repairs. They do painting. The idea is we get to work together alongside each other, build relationship with each other, serving people in need, and being able to, as a whole community, having it all done on the same day is also speaking volumes to the, the non-believers in the town. Absolutely, yeah. Because I Love You does a great job on their city serve days, and they they now actually have two of them uh, a year. They've added a second city serve day, and um, my family was able. I was out of town, but uh, Jackie and boys went out and were able to work at, at one of the elementary schools this this summer. And you know, that's something that we can each do, right? Like, what what if we? You know, it's great to have an organization that's dedicated to helping facilitate that. But we could do that ourselves, right? We could do that with our own small group and say, Hey, who's maybe a neighbor in the in the uh, one of our neighbors that has a need and we go out as a community group or a life group or however you want to call it, a small group, you know, whatever your group is called, right? Go out as a, as a group of friends and fellow church members and go be a blessing to them. That could be, you know, that person that's lost a spouse or it could be that person that's, you know, broke a leg and they can't mow their lawn. And, um, and, and we, we go and we spend the time to, to do that for them and to be a blessing. So it's great that there is an organization like, cause I love you doing that. But we also don't need to wait for an organization like Cause I Love You to call the community together to be a blessing to others. We can just call up some friends and say, hey, guys, we're going to go help this person out. And I, I love and I love to see the church do that. It is so encouraging when I see the church to do that. Absolutely. There's lots of single moms out there that, you know, often need some assistance. And I have a friend that started a ministry here in town where their goal is to give some of these single moms some breaks, hmm. some ability of, and draw some of those other pieces of their needs together. There's many older women who are looking for relationships. What a great way to, to bring in that Titus II mentoring in that relationship with a single mom. It may not be the road that we've walked as single mm-hmm. moms, but what a hard calling hmm. for some of these, for some of these moms that are trying to put together working full time, having their children, um, it's, it's just an amazing thing. And I'm sure that there's single dads out there doing the same thing that also need some assistance that we can come alongside. Absolutely. I mean, you and Mike also have like a ministry of, of, of loving families as well. Not, you know, don't need to send an email directly asking for it, but like we've been a recipient where we don't have any family in town with two young boys. And you guys are like, no, we, we actually would love to watch the boys. So that way you and Jackie can get, get out. And, and so like using our time, Right. And our experience and saying, hey, no, we can go and watch watch your kids so you can get out without having to hire a babysitter or things like that. And and what a blessing that is as well. So thank well, you for that. Well, thanks. I have to also admit it really does help because, as you said, my our kids are all over the country and it does actually also really minister to us mm-hmm. being able to have those relationships with other kids here locally. That's so good. Um, there are oh so many other ideas. Um, I think the. You know, something that's very practical that is very needed today is the generosity of listening. Um, and we talked about that like being at while at a grocery store, listening and being attentive to issues, but also like what does it look like to call up a friend and just listen? Um, we've we're we're in a more connected age than ever before. 
and yet our um, our level of of friendship has declined to maybe the lowest part, you know, lowest point that there has been in the history. Um, there, and so to take time to reach out, maybe if we do see something, you know, or hear something from somebody that we know, it's like let's schedule time to go grab coffee and sit down and what's going on? Like, how can I be a how can I be a blessing? How can I be an encouragement? How can I pray for you? And so just um, taking time, listening well, um, and leaning into others, I think is vitally important. That just sparked an idea that I had thought of earlier. The listening is so important, but also using our words mm-hmm. as that encouragement. So often we can be quick to criticize and to tell somebody what something went wrong. Do we take that extra 30 seconds to tell somebody what they did right? Our words have so much power. And to be able to to be generous with those words, giving a good review, giving a good, a positive encouragement, giving somebody a thank you for them doing their job. Hmm, absolutely. I, it, I remember uh, my sister had a poster in her room growing up, and it was a poster of a kitty cat with a bowl of spaghetti toppled on top of its head. And it said something like, why is it when I do something right, nobody remembers, but when I do something wrong, nobody ever forgets? So, so important for us to be able to put power behind encouragement. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of encouragement, I think about the impact that we can have on the lives of others um, as it relates um, specifically, though, uh, to teens, to young adults, uh, the work that you guys did for that for that eighteen year old who um, who needed some groceries and things like that. Um, we are um, we live we live in Colorado Springs. Colorado Springs um, has had historically some of the highest rates of teen um, suicide in the country. And when we when I when I moved here, I and I started learning about that. I'm like, well, well, what's going on? What what can we do? What's important? Like, how do how do we how do we help this? How do we help stop this? And and um, talked with friends over at Focus. Talk talk with um, John Stone Street over at the Colson Center, and and we were having some really good conversations. And I was talking to a gentleman that runs a um, a counseling practice here in town that's been heavily used um, for with many families. And something that I consistently found out or heard was is that if a young individual, a teen, you know, and and I think this is goes beyond just teens, just to be clear, but specifically to like teens, um, this, this was talked about. Um, but if a teen will have at least one meaningful adult relationship outside of their parents or their family, um, suicide ideation just absolutely plummets. And so going back to what I've said before here on the podcast, you know, are we, do we live in such a way that it demands an explanation, right? Um, and do we, um, and, and not only that, but do we, do we live with such intentionality for the sake of others? And um, if we didn't live here, would we? Uh, would our neighborhood be upset? Right? These are three things I've, I've talked about just even recently. So I had asked my question. You know, I don't have teens yet. You know, I've got younger kids. But like, who am I pouring into? What teens am I pouring into 
that they would say that I have a meaningful relationship with Eric and Jackie, and I can go to them with my problems and my concerns and my issues. And, and it is vitally important that we do that. And so we as a family chose to really pour in deeply with trail life and to, to, to be an influence with many. Now, Lori, you and Mike have poured deeply into Awanas over the years and, and really have, have fostered relationships there. We know many that have that poured heavily into young life and to other things like that. These are great avenues that help make us make it easier for us to have meaningful relationships with teens. And, um, and so just, that's another thing that we can do. We can really lean in, help them, help, maybe help them get a job, help them, help them with their, um, their resume process and the different things like that. But be there for them, um, is, is, is a great way to show generosity in a very practical way. I can't emphasize enough how important that is. My own personal life was changed because an adult decided to be intentional with me. Mm. I had an adult that picked me up when I was a teenager and took me to Young Life. They literally showed up every Thursday night, drove me to Young Life, waited the two and a half hours, and drove me home. I would not have been able to meet Jesus Christ, if I had not had an adult choosing to be mm-hmm. int- intentional with me, a very, very messed up team. Mm-hmm. And and what you just said brings up something that happened in my history. I wouldn't know the Lord if it wasn't for another teen. And so this isn't just to the adults that can can use their you know use their influence, can use their um, their time to help others. So I actually had. A girl in high school was willing to come out of her way significantly to pick me up for church on Sundays to a church and took me to a church that was across town that my family was not a part of. And it was there that I heard the gospel and that I came to know Christ. And so had it not been for a teen, a friend who there was no, this was no like boyfriend, girlfriend type of thing in the slightest at all. This was literally just somebody who says, I see you and I see the need that you have. And I want to take you to church and I will go out of my way for your sake. And and that was, that's the Lord used that to draw me to Christ. So generosity is sharing ourselves, all that God has given us with others. It's our time. It's our love. It's our words. And it can be our finances. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so good. At NCF, we say, you know, um, all that we have and all that we are you know, for the sake of others. Um, it might say it another way, a little bit officially, but that's like the gist of the idea. And, and that's what we hope to catalyze here today. There's, there's more, um, option. There's, there's a lot of other ideas that we could talk. We, we could probably have this conversation for another 30 or 40 minutes and with other ideas. In fact, um, Sheila Dollinger, who works with NCF, she wrote an article, um, last summer. That's like 23 ways that you can show generosity this summer. And, uh, we'll link that on here to maybe give you a couple other ideas and maybe we'll do a follow-up, uh, conversation to, to kind of spur this on. We'd love to hear from you. If you've got a great idea or something that you've been a recipient of, or you've seen somebody do a generosity keeper, send us that at our, at our email address at info at generositynow.org. We'd love to hear that. Um, yeah, we'd love to hear those stories. We'd love to share those stories to help inspire others. You know, we've seen the, uh, the chains of generosity that happen at, you know, at, at drive-thrus and people are like, Hey, I'm going to pay for the person behind me, you know, or ahead of me or whatever, however that works and, and different things like that. It really is a, a fun and encouraging way to, to, to show the generosity, um, to others through our whole life. And hopefully we also just see that also we look for opportunities. We don't, we don't have to bake it in every single time, but we're, why are we doing it? We're doing it because of the generosity of a father. 
and the work that God did in sending his son to, to die for our sins. That's why we have the joy of being able to be um, generous to you as well. Thanks for joining us today on the Generosity Now podcast. We hope that you've enjoyed this. And if you have... Go ahead and subscribe to our podcast. Leave us a five-star review and share it with your network. It means the world to us. Um, and we're going to close with a, with a doxology today out of Chronicles, 1 Chronicles chapter 29, verse 9. Then the people rejoiced because they had given willingly, for with a whole heart they had offered freely to the Lord. David the king also rejoiced greatly. Go and read that chapter. It's such a blessing. Um, it is a real unique chapter as it relates to generosity. And so um, we thank you for being here today. Thank you for taking the time and God bless. Thank you.